This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And a good Saturday morning to everybody out there. It's uh, a, a chilly Saturday morning. But the sun is up yeah. and shining. And uh, I had to scrape the... Well, it, I, I didn't scrape the windshield, actually. No, <laughs> no. I just let the car warm up. I was going to say, you, you gave yourself minutes. a four-inch square, and then you, you drove here. Yeah, I've seen and people do that. And then you get that. going go, oh, I shouldn't have done this. I can't see anything. <laughs> I, I can't see a thing. How's your week been? Good? Good. Really good. Yeah. Um, I, I just Winter's gotta... coming. Did you yes. notice that? There's oh, it's on the way. The little icy crystals. On the way, Charlie. snow here and there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Charlie Dobbin, by the way, is sitting in the studio with me. And, and Franklin uh, Proctor is sitting in the studio yeah. with me. I am the sous chef of the garden show. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, a little note here uh, about the phone numbers. I better get that on right away, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, folks in the Toronto area call 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free 1-866-744-740. Just want to mention one little thing before sure. we start, okay? Uh, I was, Di and I went to a, a terrific little show uh, jingle all the way at O Canada A in Niagara Falls uh, last Wednesday night, mm-hmm. and uh, after the and, and Jimmy uh, Cooper who own, owns the uh, joint there he he introduced us from the stage it was very nice, but a couple of listeners come up to say hi so I get this note sent to me via email hi Frank nice to meet you meet the man behind the voice we listened to on the radio hope you enjoyed your time in Niagara and O Canada A. Would you be able to mention our bake sale and soup sale at Drummond Presbyterian Church, Lundy's Lane, uh, Saturday, December 3rd, like today, from 10 to 1? And I'd appreciate it if you could do this, maybe even on Charlie's Garden Show. So see... I guess because so many people listen well, and are hungry <laughs> with who, uh, you know, the fans of the show here. So what's that got to do with gardening, Frank? Well, say, well, like soup is made with vegetables and stuff uh, like that, you see. And, so you uh, say this locally made uh, homegrown soups? Well, that's that's what I'm thinking. You're hoping. I'm Not hoping a bunch of Campbell's <laughs> cans opened up. And they're, they're, they're using the profits, I would bet, to do something nice with the church. And I would the, hope. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe, mind you, the casino is awfully close by. <laughs> so <laughs> Never assume she doesn't actually tell us what no, the fundraising is for there donna peterson got in, your plug on the air for you. yeah so if you need a need a bowl of soup there's something happening right there, there in niagara go. falls okay a couple other things going on yeah. uh, okay this thursday now this is going to be quite cool i actually am planning to attend the holiday open house at the toronto botanical gardens it's from 5 30 to 9 30 p.m Now, uh, just a note before I get into the details of what's going on at the open house. The parking lot at the Toronto Botanical Gardens is under construction, has been for the last two months, and will be for probably the next six months. So, very limited parking. You may have to park at the school that is just south of TBG on Mm -hmm. Leslie, 
Leslie and Lawrence is the corner where Toronto Botanical Gardens is located. So recognize either get there early or just go to the school to park and then walk over. What's happening, though, is complimentary seasonal treats are mm-hmm. going to be uh, available. There will be a silent auction of celebrity-designed fresh wreaths. Uh, Sonia Day will be on site. She's uh, the well-known author, speaker, watercolorist, and Toronto Star columnist. She's going to personalize and sign your copy of her latest book called <clears throat> "Excuse Me, <clears throat> The Untamed Garden, A Revealing Look at Our Love Affair with Plants. Uh-huh. Now, I got this <clears throat> suddenly at 6 o'clock last night. I thought, gosh, I should get Sonia to come on the show and tell us about her book. She's, very, she's a great interview. She's yeah. very funny. But I couldn't find her last night. So she's not with us today, I'm afraid. But hope, hopefully I can find her and we'll get her, get her on the show next week. She's very good. And this book is all about plants and sex. And so <laughs> she will, she'll be able to tell us, a, you know, some real kinky stuff about plants. Well, uh, our producer's eyes just lit up. Uh, yeah. David Gaskin Everybody in there. Everybody <laughs> can become a king gardener. the old thumbs up. Way to go, Charlie. <laughs> go for the smut. Exactly. <laughs> also going on. Thursday evening at TBG, starting at at seven o'clock, yeah. is uh, the final Edwards lecture. the um, The topic is twenty five top plants for all seasons. Splash, Don, sorry, Dan Benarsik is a horticulturalist at the renowned Chanticleer Garden near Philadelphia. So he'll be there to talk about some of the cool plants that they grow and that he loves. Uh, mark your calendars for December the eleventh. The Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society, they have non-stop meetings, that group. They are presenting attracting pollinators to the garden. Uh, they're going to be meeting at 1.30 p.m. at the Toronto Botanical Gardens on the 11th. So I guess that's next Saturday mm-hmm. uh, afternoon. Free admission. Everyone is welcome. And so that's a that's a fun thing. So that's all going on. And I got all kinds of emails. Did you say the 11th? I'm sorry. I, I did say the 11th. Yeah. Does that sound great? the 10th. Next, next Saturday is the 10th. Oh, good point. Sunday. Sunday. They meet on Sundays. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Keep me keep me straight on my dates there. I know we keep you around well, for you, some you, reason. I know you get all excited reading about that <laughs> sex and the uh, plant thing. Uh. Sex and the plant thing. <laughs> okay. Sonia's book here somewhere. All right. Yeah. So the book, as I mentioned, is called The Untamed Garden, A Revealing Look at Our Love Affair with Plants. So, okay, here's some of the things that you'll read about in Sonia's book. All right. A luscious-looking rose whose name scandalized the Victorians. Ooh. A suggestive plant that caused a Spanish queen to faint at court. Ye get for Daniels, you don't say. The real forbidden fruit which caused the downfall of Adam and Eve. <laughs> oh, really? The amazing Coco de Mer, which resembles the pelvis of a naked woman. The reason why men fall in love with orchids. The night-blooming flower with a scent that turns men on. And love potions and lots more. Um, David is busy queuing up (laughs) The Stripper by David Rose as we speak. That sounds pretty, uh, pretty racy. Pretty racy. I'm telling you, that's Sonia. She is quite, quite a card. So I've got email and we've got callers and um, yeah, we, we should uh, probably go right to our, exactly, oh, okay. our next stage of the show. We shall be back and keep in mind the mantra of the show, my fr- and my friends, my friends. <laughs> Fronds. 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 Like fern. See, yep. garden Good. Thing. Garden. Okay. Yeah. Uh, call early. Call, call often. One question per call. Oh, it's going to be a nutty show, I can tell. You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And Frank Proctor here uh, letting you know, hey, we've got a couple of lines open at 416-360-0740. 
or uh, our long-distance line, which is free, of course, 1-866-740-4740. So give a call if you even have a tip to pass along. We'll take that. Let's say hi to uh, Enos uh, calling in from Scarborough. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Uh, listen, I phoned you once before about the Diplodenia and um, Mandevilla. Mm-hmm. Now, I got different <laughs> instructions what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I still haven't cut it down mm-hmm. because it's been growing vigorously. Oh, oh, yeah, you don't need to cut it down at this time. It's sometimes we cut it down just to get it in the house. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. I have them in the house, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But sometimes they're so big outside all summer oh, that just to get it in the mm-hmm. door, we have to do some cutting down. Yeah. But what is the right time to cut it down? The right time is in March. In March? Sure, because that's, right now it's it's going to just kind of slow down. You say it's growing... Well, it's dropping its leaves. Yes, and that's because the light levels have dropped dramatically. Yeah, right. And so that's the other reason we do some cutting now is because it starts looking quite unsightly. With all these leaves dropping, we end up with a lot of empty stems. So the timing when you definitely want to cut it back like at the absolute latest, is March. You may do some cutting before that just <clears throat> for the purposes of, like I say, getting it in the, the door into oh, the house. like tentacles all over. Yeah, or, or it just starts looking so unsightly. <clears throat> cutting yeah. it back seems like a good idea because that freshens it up and yeah. it will force some dormant growth out. And how much can you cut it down? Well, the most you would cut down at any time is a third. At this time of year, we, we cut fairly gingerly because the light levels are so low. Yeah. The plant is never going to do a lot of vigorous growth at this point. It yeah. wants to kind of hunker down and become semi-dormant anyway. So any, any trimming you're doing now is, is strictly aesthetic yeah. because you're just not going to see a lot of response from the plant. The way in March, if you cut it back, you're going to see a ton of growth after you do that cutting because you're going to force a lot mm-hmm. of growth. Mm-hmm. Because so, it starts flowering so late, you know. Yeah, that's, that's what, the problem. That's what you hate doing. You hate cutting the flowers off. That's why we don't want to cut them down now. Yeah. So, you know, you really have to... It, and the really probably most important thing about any of these tropicals that we bring inside in the fall is be very careful with your watering because mm-hmm. the lower light levels uh, means that the plant is oh, yeah, I just hunkering down. I make sure it doesn't drop all the leaves. That's right. Well, and honestly, sometimes even when they do drop all the leaves, they still stay alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. And again, it's a radical cutback in order to force them out uh, again into some growth in March. Mm-hmm. So just don't... Don't overwater. As it's dropping leaves, it's not using a lot of water. So really, really let it dry down between waterings at this okay. point. Okay. Okay. And you know, a couple of weeks ago, somebody phoned about the lemon tree. Uh-huh, yeah. Now, I've had a lemon tree here for years, mm-hmm. and I get lemons every year. Neat. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, she should buy a plant. Okay, yeah, rather than try and grow one, you mean? Yeah, because I have... Propagated it, like from the cuttings. Right. I've grown so many trees and given them away already, you know. Oh, nice. And you bought that originally as a lemon tree. Yes. Yeah, so it was a fruiting tree. Yes. That's great. That's a good idea because you're right. Sometimes it's very hard to grow these things from seed and then grow them to be mature enough to actually set fruit is a well, challenge. I tried from a seed and nothing happened, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and I bought this one from, a, I think it was Dominion Seed House because I always ordered seeds from there. Oh, okay. And you got the little, like it was a little tiny plant. They yes, shipped it, was a it tiny to you. Plant and mm-hmm. I have had many plants now. 
Yeah, and I've <laughs> certainly seen lemons for sale in the spring as a tropical plant to go out into the patio. Yeah. So, yeah. and they're quite large. I've seen some really good sized. Oh, I, I've been trimming them and we've been trimming them because I, I've seen them at the orangeries, you know, down yeah. south. And they're huge. And uh, so it's, I keep them really low. Yeah, great. Hey, yeah, that's great. Good little tip. And they're good. They are good. That's good to hear. <laughs> okay. Thanks Thank for you. Your and call. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. Thanks for being on the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. I'm Frank Proctor. And uh, next, we're going to take a little trip to North York and say hi to Joe. Good morning, Joe. Hi, Charlie. Morning. How are you? Great. Good. Uh, I have a question about, i uh, got a couple of beautiful rosemary plants outside. Mm-hmm. They look a little sparkly this morning, but hmm. I was wondering uh, how I can get them in and keep them alive and uh, tasting so well. Yeah, no kidding. Are they in the ground or in pots? They're in the ground right now. Well, what you would want to do, well, as as I guess you recognize that those rosemary are going to die if they stay out all winter. Right. Honestly, leaving them out just to get that light frost is a very good idea because getting a little bit of light frost on the rosemary before bringing it in does seem to help avoid the mildew problems that are often beset by on the plant uh, once they come into the home. Because that's certainly one of the, the hardest things about rosemary is keeping it alive indoors and avoiding that powdery mildew growing all over it. So bottom line right now is uh, would be to dig it up. I would probably very carefully try and lift the root ball doing the minimal root damage to the plant because that is going to be very shocking if you try and sort of wash off all that mud and set it all up in potting soil. It's going to be a bit tough. So have a pot ready. Have some potting soil ready. But try, like I say, and and do minimal um, disruption to the root ball, getting that plant into a pot, a little bit of extra potting soil around it, bring it into the house, sunniest location you can give it is the place to be, and water only as necessary. So be careful with the overwatering on it. Okay, great. Okay, but it should be. They, I find they're a little tricky to keep them alive all winter, but sometimes, for me, it's worked really well, and I've had no issues, and other times I just watch the, the rosemary just declines from the minute it comes in. But <laughs> I have... As fast as you can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I start, like I say, I did read recently that the, the idea of that little bit of frost does seem to make a difference in terms of the plant being better when it comes indoors. Well, maybe it's... I'm thinking it's uh, getting dormant or something. Yeah, or maybe just the sp- it knocks the spores uh, into dormancy. Oh, okay. Maybe. I, you know what? I'm not sure. But that, like I say, I read that recently. So let us know how that works. Let us know if that if that works for you and the plant does survive through the winter. Okay. And I called you the, in the summer about my creepy Charlie, mm-hmm. and I haven't been able to control it. Is there any way I can get a name and uh, phone number or someone that can come over and take care of that for me? As far as uh, uh, well, I can't. I can't promote any given lawn care okay. company. It's in your lawn, right? Or is it right. in the garden? So it's in the lawn. So the bottom line is there are you know certainly some great lawn care companies out there. Um, you're in North York. There's some different biological controls that they've got available to them. There's some sort of interesting uh, herbicides that are now available. Everything from 
strong vinegar to high levels of iron uh, to, you know, crazy fungus that uh, kills dandelions. So there's some kind of neat products out there because, of course, we don't use 2,4-D anymore. Right. Um, and so that'll be the, the challenge is just trying to find the company that's going to work with the product or doing some of it yourself. Depend- it sounds like you want to hire somebody. Yeah. Talk to your neighbors. Keep an eye who's in your neighborhood that's already doing weed, weed and lawn care. Oh, You've probably okay. seen some. Right. And then just... Either check them out on the web or ask the neighbors who have hired some of these companies for a, a referral. Okay. Okay. Good yeah. idea. Thanks, yeah. Joe. Thank you. Take Good care. luck with your creeping Charlie. I hope I have as much luck here in the studio with my creeping Charlie, uh, who's not creeping, by the way, because you take a particular product every day, uh, as do I. You are so funny. And, well, well, I'm just trying to smoothly <laughs> yeah, make no a creeping. segue to our yeah, good word about Sierra Sil. Sierra Sil, just like the mountains. Yes. yes. So that's, you're absolutely correct. Thank you for the segue. Sierra Sil is a... Um, it's the Segway, you know, the, the two-wheeled machine had, oh, yeah, yeah, had yeah. its 20th anniversary yesterday. Okay, so there's another Segway about Segways. <laughs> Where did that come from? Because you what? said Segway. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> little known facts you might not know or care to know. Sierra Sil is a mineral supplement that both Frank and I consume on a daily basis to keep ourselves limber and pain-free. And that's because we are busy people doing all kinds of important things, whether it's gardening or shoveling snow or kickboxing in the case of Frank. I mean, he is just a wild a wild guy when it, when it comes to exercise. Now, you can get Sierra Sil, obviously, through their web, mm-hmm. sierrasil.ca. You can phone them. They have an easy phone number, which I'll give you in a second, but it's available at more and more health food stores here in Ontario all the time. I was sent a list of some of the newer, uh, new locations. One, for example, uh, is the IDA Pharmacy called Postmaster IDA Pharmacy on Postmaster Drive in Oakville, as well, Heart Lake IDA Drugs uh, in Brampton has Sierra Sill on the shelf. Um, the Health Planet stores, which are in five locations, North York, Pickering, Markham, Mississauga, and Scarborough, all have Sierra Sill on the shelf. So if that's your easiest way to get a hold of it, check any of those locations or give them a call. one 877 joint 14 hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. And uh, Frank Proctor along for the ride here as the sous chef of the Garden Show here at AM740 Zoomer Radio. And just before we get to our next call, uh, Alice out there in Mississauga, hang on there, Alice, we'll be to you in a moment. But you wanted to deal with a, uh, an email or two, or at least one anyway. Uh, at least here. one. Yeah, at least one. Why are you pointing at me like well, that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Frank, the sous chef of the Garden Show, is directing the Garden Show now. Since I won't let him co-host, now he's going to be the director. I'm a conductor. Oh, that. There Thank you go. You. He's the conductor. Yeah. All right. I have an email from Gail Petrie. She spoke with us last Saturday on the subject of a fern. Or, yeah, I think what happened was she initially emailed me and said, I have this fern. It's all kind of curly and green. What do I do? And I said, I don't know what kind of fern it is. So uh, then she called. And again, we, we chatted. Still didn't know what kind of fern. She sent photos. Uh-huh. Pictures, absolutely worth a million words. So here we go. Gail, the fern that you were given that is very beautiful in the pictures is called a Kimberly Queen fern. Is the common name. Proper name is Nephrolepis obliterata. 
Good heavenly In case you care. Wow. Uh, the other common name is Australian sword fern, and that's really a good, ex- good name for it. It's originally from Australia. It's called a sword fern because it's not like a floppy fern. It's quite rigid. The, the fronds... Mm-hmm. You know what a frond is. Of course. Oh, frond of mine. The fronds stand quite erect or vertical. And they, it actually is a nice plant as a vertical element in your room, you know, from a mm-hmm. decorator perspective. It's not a soft, billowy, floppy thing. It's quite uh, a nice, you know, good-looking plant in the, in the home. Mm-hmm. My point, of course, though, is it is a tropical plant. It is originally from Australia. So to keep that plant happy, Gail, and to keep it alive... You need to provide humidity. Now, our homes are not humid in the wintertime. So you've got to either get a humidifier, you've got to get a tray of pebbles, put some pebbles in that tray, sit the fern on top of the pebbles, keep water in that tray at all times. That will help with your humidity. Or get a spritzer and spritz a couple times a day. It wants to be kept warm during the day. Mm-hmm. But it does want it wants to be cool at night. So make sure you're one of those people that drops your thermostat in the evenings when you're going to bed to snuggle under the covers anyway. Let your home temperature drop. The plant wants cool night temperatures. You know, cool as in 50, 55, 60 kind of temperatures and regular room temperatures during the day. Bright, indirect light. So it doesn't have to be right in a window, but bright, you know, mm-hmm. southwest, five, six feet away from the window, north, right in the window. Keep it away from drafts, no drafts, no cold drafts, no hot drafts. Watering is evenly moist, but not wet. You never want this plant to be soggy, but you do want to always make sure it's got sort of, a, a sort of mm-hmm. always has some moisture in the soil. Never let it get to the desert dry conditions we sometimes want our cactuses to get to. Um, now, one of the reasons you really want to keep this plant alive, and I would highly recommend this plant, is not only is it a beautiful plant from a design perspective in the home, it is one of the best, most excellent plants for reducing indoor air pollutants. Oh, really? Yeah. So, as you know, things like formaldehyde, toluene, xylene, things that are come off of our rugs, our uh, dry cleaning, um, sometimes, you know, not mm. often, but sometimes we have a photocopier in our home. You know what I'm saying? Things that give off uh, some of these horrible gases are off-gassing, even paint, wallpaper, that sort of thing can off-gas. This plant is amazing for just... Keeping the Sucking air clean. up those air pollutants. Well, I'll be darned. So, so highly recommended to try and keep it alive if you can, Gail. So good luck with that. All righty. Good. Okay, let's uh, move along here to Mississauga and uh, Irene on the line. Good morning, Irene. Good morning. Good morning. I would like to ask Charlie about uh, Azalea. Mm-hmm. And um, I have the plant now for three years. And... Uh, it bloomed only once. I wonder when can I cut it back because I didn't bloom. So this is an indoor florist azalea, obviously something you keep. No. Oh, it is outdoor. Oh, okay, good point. All right, so and it's outside now. This is planted yes. out in your garden. Yes. This is what we call a hardy azalea. Yes. Okay. Okay, so this is a really good question, actually. Azaleas are actually, the proper name of an azalea is a rhododendron. The difference is that a rhododendron that we commonly call a rhododendron has evergreen leaves that stay on it, obviously, year-round. The hardy azaleas, on the other hand, drop their leaves in the fall. They actually have a nice kind of fall color, a purpley fall color, and then they drop all their leaves. So it's a deciduous rhododendron. The flower buds are set in the late summer, 
So right now, if your azalea is going to bloom next spring, the flower buds will be there right now. I see. You would see them on the tips. They're round. Uh, They're quite obviously flower buds because they're not elongated. They're quite round buds on the tips. So what do you do to promote? Generally speaking, we don't do a lot of trimming of our azaleas. They don't grow very quickly. But if you find that it's big or ungainly or one-sided or for whatever reason needs to be trimmed, the time to trim is in the spring right after it flowers. If it didn't flower, then, of course, you would just know that it should have bloomed in the early spring and you would do your trimming yeah usually early may mid-may depending on the kind of spring we're having oh okay and no more trimming after that you leave it alone all summer okay do fertilize though with an acid loving like fertilizer for acid loving plants yes i did okay Okay, and and honestly, I as well as that, I do I top dress around my azaleas with things like pine needles, and I even add soil acidifier to the soil around my azaleas, just trying to lower that pH. The natural pH is pretty high, and it's in our world, and so it's hard sometimes to have happy azaleas in our clay-based soils. I see. Lots of peat moss. Well, thank you very much for your help. Oh, you're very welcome. Good luck with that. They're beautiful plants. Yes, they are. I really like mine. Have a great day, Irene, and thanks for joining us here on The Garden Show from AM740 Zoomer Radio in Toronto. Ready to uh, welcome Alice to the line. Good morning, Alice. Oh. Hello, Alice. Oh. Hello. Hello. Good morning, Alice. <laughs> Good morning. How are you this beautiful sunny day? Great. Great. So, well, what's actually, your question? It, oh, the question. I have a poinsettia double plant that was given to me last November. It's bloomed and bloomed and bloomed, and then it went, the leaves fell off. So, I transplanted this. It's on my balcony. I have nowhere to put it, no basement. We're in seniors. What can I do? It's like three little trees now. Oh, lovely. Does it have leaves on it? No, the leaves are just fell off. Okay, so and is it outside on the balcony and all this cold? That's right. Uh, okay, I, I have nowhere to put it. So you want me to throw it away, or maybe it might be oh. it might be a good to just throw it away and, and start fresh with a new one. The trick uh, was points. Couldn't uh, plant in the garden downstairs? No. No, it, it's a tropical plant. Yeah. It will not survive the winter outdoors. Um, Poinsettia originally come from Mexico. And of course, they're big monster trees in in Mexico. So they get really, really big. But we have the little plants that get the colorful leaves on them at this time of year. And of course, that's all because of light. As the days get shorter and the nights get longer, that's what initiates the colorful leaves on the poinsettia. If it has the plants have no leaves on them now, I would look for the composter and pop them in there and get yourself a nice fresh one. It's a perfect oh, okay, time of year. Somebody's coming from the states and he always brings me one, so he's bringing me a new one. Oh, perfect! There you go. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're Enjoy welcome. Your Thank you. Bye bye. Have a nice day and a nice Christmas. You bye. too. And the Thanks. same to you. Yeah, we're really getting into the Christmas mode here for sure. Um, let's see, Virginia from Bolton is on the line. What's this, a hot pepper plant with <laughs> bugs? Good <laughs> heavenly days. What's going on there? Hi, Virginia. Oh, hi. Good morning. Today. Great, thank you. That's good. Um, the reason I'm calling, I have a, I brought in a, a hot pepper plant from the garden mm-hmm. because my husband, he likes to have peppers. Mm-hmm. And he likes to pick them up fresh uh, <laughs> from the plant. Yeah. But every time, like even last year, when I bring it in, it gets all these little white uh, 
little flies around and and then then usually dies. Mm -hmm. It's hard sometimes to bring plants inside from the garden. Um, It could be that you've got white, actual white fly, but probably not. It's probably a little tiny, it's called a leaf hopper, and they're pale, pale green. They almost look white. Or or are the, the little bugs truly pure white? Well, not exactly pure white. Yeah. They're just little plant bugs. Little right? plant bugs, exactly. All right, so here's a couple things you can do to try and control this, this problem. Do you have any other plants in the house? Like, this plant should be isolated. I do, oh. I do. I have a lemon plant. I have a... Um, I have quite a few plants. Okay, so I would, number one, have this plant in quarantine from the other plants so that the bugs that are on the hot pepper plant will not hop over onto your other indoor plants. So if you have a separate room or place you can isolate, that would be good. Okay, does, does it want lots of light? Lots, it does. Lots of it does. Well, see, when we bring plants indoors from outdoors, the light level is, a, is dramatically different indoors, even if the plant is right in the window. And one of the things I like to do is I like to prepare the plant for coming inside by move. Like, I'm sure you had that hot pepper in a sunny spot outside. Of course, yeah. Because it needed lots of sun. But now, to bring it indoors, I would have tried to move it into some shadier location outdoors for a couple of weeks, preferably, before bringing it indoors. Just because it is very shocking to go from the bright light outdoors and the low light indoors. It's nice to have that in-between stage, if you can. So maybe next year, think about that as just to help with that transition indoors. For now, obviously, you want it in the brightest possible spot you've got in the home. And to try and lower the, the bug possibilities or the bug problem, two things. One is soap, a soap solution, whether it's safer soap or, or Scott's makes a soap solution, which you will spray. Yeah. Yes. Now, the spray has to contact the bugs. So you have to sneak up on the plant because the, the bugs will, will fly and jump as soon as they, they recognize the spray is coming. So exactly. you, have to, you have to sneak up really quietly and get ready. And you're going to spray from underneath because the bugs are on the underside of the leaves. Yes. And so it's a, it's a spray up. Now, you, you for... The spray purpose, you might want to be in a place like the bathroom or a place where a little overspray of soap isn't going to be a problem, like, you know, in the in the bathtub or something. So yeah. you might want to move the plant, let it sit for an hour or two, and then sneak up and do the spraying. Uh, then, of course, wash the soap off a half an hour later, just with clear water, clear mist. And uh, the sticky sticks that I've referred to on, on the show in the past, it's spelled, you know, sticky and then S-T-I-X. Mm-hmm. Little yellow strips of sticky plastic uh, that can be suspended or, yeah, around the plant, basically suspended on little pegs in the soil, uh, they will grab some of those bugs as well. And the bugs can't get away once they and touch. where do I get that? Um, any garden center will have. And I think you'll find even some of the regular, the Walmarts, anybody who's got a little plant section, Canadian Tire, those kind of stores, okay. they all have like a little plant section where they have potting soil and um, perhaps some safer, you know, they have the soap solutions and the fertilizers. You'll find sticky sticks in the same situation. That's good. Okay. I would try both those things to try and lower the bug population and you will have to spray more than once because eggs will hatch and you so every seven days you probably have to spray three times thank you so much oh you're very welcome good great, luck with that great mental picture virginia okay. of you sneaking up on that plant with some music in the background okay it's true you could do that yeah well i better give those phone numbers one more time 
mm-hmm. uh, for Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. So, and I have yes. a... Sorry, I'm interrupting you. I have a quick email I just want to share with you. This is from Marilyn Husiak in Keswick. She's responding to the caller we had last week who had snapdragons. Mm-hmm. And the, the caller was wondering, you know, would the snapdragons come back and what should she do to try and ensure that they survived? And I said the snapdragons would die. It's the seeds that survive. Mm-hmm. Well, Marilyn slaps me around, and actually she has a good point. And probably I wasn't really thinking that through. Marilyn insists, who lives in Keswick, that her snapdragons have survived, that they've acted like a perennial plant. So her point was, maybe our caller last week should not pull up the snapdragons, as I suggested, because the actual plant might survive as they have in Marilyn's garden. Uh, But what she could do is, where the flowers were... Um, the plant all turns brown, and there's like a little, f- the, the flower petals, of course, disappear. Mm-hmm. But what's left behind is a little seed pod, and inside that little pod is full of little tiny black seeds. So Marilyn's point was, maybe our caller should um, put her hand, you know, beneath one of those little fruit pods, uh, shake around, some seeds will drop out, mm-hmm. take those seeds, go to the area in the garden where she wants the snapdragons to grow, and just scatter those on the ground for next year because it was a front yard backyard question she was wanting to get those snapdragons growing in the back so Marilyn said leave the snapdragons don't pull them up because they could survive just take some seeds to the other part of the garden and try and spread them around that way which is a good point so I uh, just thanks so much for that Marilyn well, and because um, yeah. I said pull it up and, and yeah. take the whole plant but you know, what's neat about the show, uh, your show, Charlie, is mm-hmm. the fact that the listeners call in with comments about calls that mm. they've heard and such. And we're going to have to take a little break here. But uh, we have, um, let's see, Neville, uh, who has a comment on the pepper plant situation we were speaking with yeah. another caller about uh, momentarily. Well, that's what's so fun about gardening. Yeah. Right? There's no P- one right like answer. Mm-hmm. People love to share. And there's no one right answer. Everybody's got different sort of ideas on what works for them. So it's, I love the feedback. I well, think we all do. we're going to hear from Neville, in uh, moments, in uh, here at AM 740's Charlie Dobbin Garden Show, after these words. Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM 740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm your sous chef, Frank Proctor. The conductor <laughs> I of am the, the garden conductor, show. Yes, indeed. Neville in uh, Toronto with a little comment on uh, a problem that uh, one of our listeners had this morning with a pepper plant. Hi, uh, good morning, uh, Neville. Morning, Charlie. Uh, Frank, morning, Charlie. Morning. I have a, a night-blooming cereus um, with a few um, hot pepper plants in it. I have quite a number of um, peppers on it. It's also still blossoming. But what I do is a kit. Um, when I bring them in, I take them into the shower, uh-huh. and I do that a couple of times. Okay, good And idea. they're quite fine. So, uh, So you take them... Into the shower. Into the shower. Just for the purposes of cleaning them all off from any of the outdoor bugs and that sort of thing. Yes. And also helps with humidity. Yeah. Um, What I might do at some time is make the water a little warmer than I normally would. uh, would. Oh, okay. And they're quite fine. Wow. Good idea. And Neville, I, I'm asking <laughs> this question. Frank's getting a visual well, on this. Yeah, I am, because actually I'm looking at David Gaskin, our producer. <laughs> I got to tell what he's thinking. Are you taking a shower at the same time, Neville? Yes, when you're... I do. <laughs> and I, I, I pick one plant 
to go into the shower the same thing. <laughs> Very good. So you and your hot peppers have a shower together. <laughs> well, I call it I call it my sauna. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, there you go. It's a good idea because all that soap and warm water cleans the plants right up. Does. You know, how talk about efficient. Yeah. That's like really good. Well, see, I'm glad I read David Gaskin's face. His <laughs> eyebrows went up and I thought, I know what he's thinking. <laughs> Thanks for confirming oh, I hope that. Virginia's <laughs> still listening because that Virginia could take her hot pepper plants into the shower <laughs> yeah. too. There you okay. go. Good Thanks stuff. so much, Thanks, Neville. Neville. Okay, have a great day. Nine forty four here at uh, AM seven forty is Zoomer Radio, the garden show on the air with Charlie Dobbin and uh, Helen in Hamilton, ready to go here. Hi, good morning, Helen. Good morning. Morning. Yes, hi. I, I would like to know uh, what to do with this pot of uh, nice yellow pansies that I have on my back deck. Now, every morning, <laughs> they just, they're just they just so beautiful and just been looking at me, and I just hate to throw them out. <laughs> I and know. I wondered if I should bring them in. Nope. Last night was a heavy frost. and Oh, oh pansies are... Are, little, are kind of wilted, but the little... Uh, uh, pansies are still looking good. Pansies are very, very cold tolerant. Do you have a little spot in the ground? You could pop them into the ground? Oh, I would love to do that. Well, there you go. That's what you should do. Before oh. that ground freezes, just get them out of their container, get them into the ground, you know, water once, and they will just keep on perking along. Under the snow, they'll sometimes continue really? to bloom. Yeah. This time of year, I can water them there, like I dig the hole and put water in it? Yep. Yep, just plant them as you would any plant into the garden. Put them in a spot so that next spring, when the snow melts, there they will be still blooming. And so put them in a spot where you'll see them from your kitchen window or your patio door or whatever because they'll be blooming early in the season. So Mm -hmm. you want to see them from indoors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go for it. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Pansies are great. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank thank you for the call, Helen, from Hamilton. And uh, let's see, we've got uh, Lois on the line from Richmond Hill. Good morning, Lois. Good morning. Morning. How are you, Charlie? Great. Good. Uh, I'm a bit excited, but <laughs> uh, I phoned earlier about a dwarf hydrange. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I bought it under, and it was pink. Yep. And it was pink for the year I bought it and the year after, and gradually it's lost all the color from the blooms, and then... Uh, it doesn't seem to have any flowers, and yet the plant itself is lovely and green and beautiful leaves. And how long ago did you buy that plant? Uh, maybe five or six years ago. Okay. And um, it had pink blooms and hasn't had any in a while. How much... Okay, so I believe what you've got growing there is a hydrangea. Yes. It's what they call the mop head, so it's the ones that get the round flowers. Though, if you bought it five or six years ago, and how tall is it? Maybe a foot and a half tall? Uh, yes, uh, maybe two to two and a half feet now when the leaves are out. Okay, still, it sounds like a plant called the endless, I hope it's an endless summer hydrangea. It may not be, but it probably is. And if it's an endless summer, then it should give you blooms if not this past year, at least coming, you know, in future years, actually right through the summer, it should have blooms on it, pink, round blooms. Unless it wasn't an endless summer and it was just a basic hydrangea macrophylla, and they can be a little tricky to get flowering. That's why they invented the endless summer variety, because they're so much more consistent of flowers. And uh, macrophylla is the norm, is the regular? 
Yeah, well, they're all, well, I, should, I should call macrophylla, which means large leaves, uh-huh. um, because they do have quite large leaves. They, yes, it does. What happened is, um, so I'm just trying to think, it's about two and a half feet tall, and you got it about five years ago. How much light is that plant in? Oh, well, it's on a west, mm-hmm. the west side of the property, but there is a tall fence, and I look at the sun, and uh, it passes over like maybe 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. to 2.30 p.m., 1 to 2 in the afternoon. Okay. Because I know my roses all sort of swing that way, too. Right. So it's getting a couple hours of sun, then. Oh, it would be getting sun, although there are a lot of trees around, too. Yeah, was that because I was just trying to sort of get a sense of how much sun it's in. Now, it flew, it bloomed the first couple of years, so it hasn't bloomed for the last two or three years then. No, it hasn't. All right, here, definitely it went down in color as the year went on, as the years went on. Yeah, it turned paler. Hmm. That's right. Okay, it's so here's what I would suggest you do for next year, um, next spring. Once all the snow melts and uh-huh. you can get outdoors, you're going to see all those sticks, you know, naked stems sticking uh-huh. up from that plant. Uh, they're going to be all kind of brown and, and crispy. Uh-huh. Follow those stems right down until you see some green buds or small green leaves starting to emerge. It uh-huh. will be probably May by the time you're able to do this, a little uh-huh. bit of green starting to show. At that point, cut off all the dead and leave the live, leave the little bits of green and allow that to grow. Uh At the same time, fertilize the plant with a flowering plant fertilizer, whatever that might be. Right. Could be miracle Grow, could be whatever, flowering plant fertilizer. And then leave it alone and see what happens. Give me a call next summer if it's not blooming and we'll get a better sense of exactly what variety you've got going on there. Because it Uh, should bloom. I don't know if I have the ticket. I went back to where I bought it, Mm -hmm. but... uh couldn't get any answers there. Yeah. Well, uh, it's like I say, I, I had an old hyd- like a hydrangea, one of the old varieties, and it was quite disappointing because it was one big green shrub with uh-huh. at the most one or two flowers on it. But it was kind of three feet tall and three feet wide by the time I dug it out and sent it yeah. off to the composter <laughs> in the sky. Well, I know what you feel like. Yeah. Because, uh, lot I appreciate of- the green. But, uh, but anyway, that's wonderful. Yeah. I'll certainly try that and cut all off the dead till yep. I reach some green that's in right. May. And give some fertilizer, fertilizer at the time. It. Yep. And then give us a call yeah. ne- at next summer. Next, see how, yeah. Let, let us know, us know exactly. Thanks, Lois. Happy holidays. Thank you. Bye you bye. too. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Well, there's nothing worse, eh? You have this vision of purchasing a plant that's going to do a certain, you know, give yeah. some color, yeah. give some texture in an area in your yard, and have it not do that. You know, yeah. have it just be a big massive green when that wasn't the plan not right? the plan at all not the plan i know what our plan is right now are you ready to exercise here we go here we go getting uh, ready start doing my uh, I know. push up well i no, up down up down with my <laughs> eyelid i'm just closing my hand <laughs> i start slowly yes you do yeah. um but you know you're in good shape frank and i think one of the reasons you are in such good shape is because you stay active yes and you're able to stay active because you are limber and you know your joints aren't all seized up with pain and, and gnarly uh, 
arthritic whatevers, you're able to be, you know, doing stuff. And that's great. And I think that the Sierra still helps you. And it certainly helps me when I'm sitting at the computer hour after hour and I get up and my knees are killing me. I find Sierra still really does, uh, does alleviate a lot of that pain. It is a mineral. It is a supplement. We take it daily. Uh, it is available at several retailers now in Ontario. The Big Carrot is one on Danforth Avenue. Nature's Village on Queen Street South in Streetsville is one of the retailers. Goodness Me Natural Food Markets. There's one in Burlington, Hamilton, and in Waterdown. All of them carry Sierra Sill, or you can get information from their website, sierrasill.ca, or give them a call at one 877 joint 14 You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And good morning, too, from Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, as we welcome Jacqueline to the line, uh, living in Pickering. Good morning, Jacqueline. Hi, I'm picturing you with Santa hats on and my rhododendron sitting on your lap, and what (laughs) gift would you give it for Christmas? (laughs) (laughs) What a nice little Um, picture there. I'm not very good with rhododendrons. My daughter Uh, bought it, and I've had to move it because of a tree Mm -hmm. over the summer. And what, it's very leggy, Mm -hmm. what can I possibly do for it over the winter, and I, I know about the, you know, pine bark um, mm-hmm. or the pine needles. Yeah. But what do I do next spring when now it's nice and lakey and mm-hmm. I need, I've got leaves only at the top part? That's a challenge. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, you may, okay, a couple things to keep in mind. Rhododendrons have very specific needs. We can't just kind of pop them into the garden where we have a spot and need to fill it. Rhododendrons need a spot where they're going to get some sunlight, preferably morning light, or dappled light, so through the the leaves of a tree. I find Roto's most favorite location is at the the base of old evergreens, whether it's old spruce or pine or cedar hedge. Just the natural acid that has been exuded from the roots of the evergreen and the fallen needles, et cetera, that have acidified the soil a bit help, but it helps, again, if it's an eastern-facing location, so we're getting that morning light, we've got that nice peaty soil, and the plants are going to do reasonably well. They have to be protected from the wind, uh, because otherwise they they just desiccate in the winter. So that's, again, where an eastern location can be effective, because our prevailing winds come from the west. If you don't have that perfect situation, like I'm saying, you know, the big old evergreens, the eastern-facing location, then often rhododendrons don't look very good. One option is to just give it up and don't go there. Forget trying to grow rhodos. The other one is to say, okay, you've got it. You've got it in a spot now. It's You're not going to want to do a lot of pruning next spring. It, we just don't prune rhododendrons in Ontario. They grow so slowly that we cherish every leaf usually. So your main thing is to try and have it in a situation where it will thrive. Um, and new growth will come on it. Uh, for the winter, protect it, obviously, from that sun and that wind. Four what, stakes uh, in the ground. Bur- burlap and staking? Yeah, or? St- exactly. Four stakes in the ground uh, around the plant, not touching the plant. S- burlap around the stakes, again, not touching the plant. A couple handfuls of leaves in on top of that. Uh, let snow fall in on top of that and allow that little little uh, structure to, to sit there all winter. In the spring, take it all apart and fertilize with rhododendron food in an effort to help this plant thrive. Uh, ultimately, like I said, if you don't have the perfect location, it may not truly ever thrive. And you may just say, enough, I can't do this. Yeah, I've 
got everything, but I have a bit of wind mm-hmm. where they are. Yeah. But um, it's the winter wind that's the hard wind. So do that burlap staking idea, and that will help it come through winter in better condition. Oh, these are about three and a half feet high now. Oh, good. And where they were, they did bloom beautifully, but they stopped blooming this summer. Could that be to, because of the heat? Well, when did you move them? I moved them like uh, June. Okay. I so had no choice. Right, but they would have bloomed before that. Yes. And so what you're saying is right now there's no uh, flower buds on them going in for next spring? Yes, there is. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. That's what rhododendrons do, right? They bloom in the spring, then the blooms finish, then they're green plants all summer, and they set the flowers in the fall that will open and bloom for us next spring oh, again. that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I not to worry. Were, it was just because our weather had been so mild. Oh, yeah. No, no. I'd actually be happy if the buds are still there and they didn't start to open this fall because we had a crazy fall. Forsythia yeah. were blooming. You know, some magnolias were blooming. Things were getting a bit confused by the weather. So that's great. No, you're in good shape for next spring then. Okay, so leaves, I know about the pine needles. I mm-hmm. put a lot of peat moss in the bed. I, I fed them good. the proper food and that, but I didn't know how to winter them yep. where they are now. So make that, yeah, make that little structure and throw in some, some leaves in on top. Oh, Santa, I thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Jacqueline. And this is assuming you've been a good roto all season. <laughs> <laughs> just before we move Thanks, on, we have Jacqueline. time for another call. I don't know whether we do. I think we're going to be pushing okay. it there. Honey. Just on our monitor here, David, uh, our producer, has uh, said that the best plant in the house that you mentioned, what's the name again? Was it the Australian sword plant, the plant that's so good about removing oh, stuff in the... Uh, for taking away pollution. Yes. Australian sword. sword fern. There you go. My frond. <laughs> no, the other common name is Kimberly Queen Fern. So there's two common names, and the proper name is nephrolepis. That's N-E-P-H-L, sorry, N-E-P-H-R-O-L-E-P-I-S, nephrolepis, obliterata, as in obliterate. Cool, eh? Uh, it certainly impressed me, I'll tell you. <laughs> I knew it would. Um, so uh, Latin stuff? Wow. It's fun. It's fun. It's all fun. Uh, so here's a good picture you can look at. Of course, nobody else can see it because we're on the radio. But this is, what, this is a photograph of what sparked Sonia Day's reason for writing the book she wrote. Oh, my goodness me. It's a little picture. It looks like a, a bum. Squash. Really? <laughs> it, it yeah. looks... <laughs> it's a it's a squash growing in a fence, and it looks like a bum coming through the fence. Read sexy stuff about plants. Uh, we're hopefully maybe have her on for an interview. I just have to find her. I you know yeah. she wasn't home last night, so I'll find her. And ho- we're going to try and get her on for next Saturday. Oh, that's great. She's of course, fun. Uh, sexy plant. I'm just thinking about uh, Adam and Eve. You, you know the very first uh, very first. <laughs> no, thing I don't. Adam Adam said to Eve. <laughs> no, he what's said, that, Frank? Well, he said you better stand back. I don't know how big this thing is going to get. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Okay. Okay, and on that note... Maybe we'll be back. Maybe not. But, of course, you'll be back in an hour. What uh, What have you got going on? You've got another show oh, happening? Yeah, i got a lot of neat Lots stuff of to talk about stuff. and a lot of great music. We're starting to play some Christmas music as oh, well, which is good. Really nice. Well, enjoy the rest of the day. Thank Thanks you. for all your conducting of the show today. Thanks, Dave. You're the best. And we'll see you all next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.